John Brandian, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Say something. Who? Both of you. I'm giving up on you. Is this the first time Tabby's been on the Comedian Next Door podcast? I think it is. Yes. Welcome, Tabitha Farkas. Okay, if we are, if this is the first time we have to warn Carl. Hey, thanks for listening, Carl. This we have is, to warn them, hey, thanks for listening? Well, I have to also warn Carl that his name is Carl. So if you're listening, you're our neighbor, Carl. And this is my sister, Tabby. See if you can tell us apart. Ready, set, go. <laughs> Plan that. <laughs> that was just a sister thing. I didn't have to. I just needed to look at you, and I knew you would do it. <laughs> On your mark, <laughs> get set. I can totally tell you apart. Yeah. On the podcast? No, when I'm looking at you. Oh, <laughs> well, yes, that helps. I can. When I see which one of you is talking, then I know whose voice. It when is. you listen to the momcast, can you tell us apart? Sometimes no. Sometimes <gasps> no, and especially at the very beginning, when I think I should be able to know, I can't. I, sometimes I can't tell unless you say certain words. There are certain words and cadences that are different, but hmm. uh, but that's yeah, it's that's okay, it. Carl. If you can't tell us apart, there have been times where Tabby and I, having been part of the conversation, still went back and listened later and couldn't tell ourselves apart. So yeah, it's only because I knew. Hey, I said that, and I still went. <laughs> that doesn't sound See, like, like I said that. <laughs> okay, like that when when Tabby goes, hey, that's. Only Tabby says that. You never say, hey. It's oh. always Tabby. That's because I'm the bubbly fun one. <laughs> she is. What's a word that only I would say? Hmm. hmm. Death and darkness. No. <laughs> and destruction. <laughs> Despair. Hatred. She's turning Angst. into Morticia. I actually have things for you to react to, Dad. Do you, you have do? something too? I have mail. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So... Hold on. Sound. Tabby won't be able to hear the sound effect for the mail. I'll be quiet. Let's and, do uh, this one. I'm not even going to wait for it. It didn't work. Mail time. Mail time. You couldn't hear the birdies, could you? No. You thought it wasn't working because you couldn't hear the tweeting. Oh, that's <laughs> it's sad. Too high. How long were those birds going on? Not real long. All right, John and Amanda. Just in case no one has told you yet, the last few. Uh, Daily Deuce episodes on Apple Podcasts are about 20 minutes long with all the outtakes included. I love listening to your <laughs> podcast and can't wait for vacay with the comics. You didn't know that, did you? Did you do it on purpose? No. What? Okay, so the way I've been recording them is like it's all recorded in one long thing. Oh, and so I have, to, I have to output just a segment it's just a segment that i'm supposed to output but if i don't tell it just what output segment? that segment then it it releases the whole the thing whole and so thing. yeah and so the 25 the 20 minute one was actually one of the shorter ones i had one of them that i posted it was a daily deuce it's supposed to be three minutes long one of them was close to 90 minutes 90 
Yeah. What were you doing? Singing to yourself? No, and- it's it's all of the unedited audio that got included at the end. So it's like it's the regular episode, and then there's a long stretch of like <laughs> like thirty seconds or forty five seconds of silence, and then it's just all my random. It, it's the same thing, but it's all the mistakes are still in there. The the bobbles. The I like how Carl was like, just in case you didn't know. In case you didn't know. <laughs> in case you didn't know. It, been, it was know. 20 minutes long with all of the outtakes. So right. they could tell that it wasn't supposed to be there. Right. And it's, it's like when you thought you hung up from a phone call and then you go on to say things or sing to yourself. Or like, I hate that person. <laughs> I like that he suspected that possibly you did it on purpose, though. Like, but it still left room for the possibility. Right. But, and nope. so... Oh, here's Marcy. So the I appreciate you pointing that out carl because Tabby, i didn't know marcy has something to show you Go i did look not at it. know that i had uh made that mistake and so this is what happens when you don't have people and we don't have people we have a lot of people here right now though we do have a lot of people but none of these people help me produce the podcast tabby what are the odds that marcy will help us next time so we don't post a 90 minute episode if, of- honestly if you were to tell her to remind you to do something she probably would Especially, especially if you make it seem like, like, oh, Marcy, I bet you can't. I bet you can't remember. I bet you can't help Grandpa not post really long, really long, yeah, awkward mistakes. I bet you yeah. can't. She probably could. So anyway, that was the that's the only thing that I have from the mail uh, this week. But okay, so it's it was important. It's Sunday. The house is a buzzing, and actually, more people are probably on their way right now. Mm-hmm. The kids are behind yeah. us as we speak. Pizza's on up. the way too. Yes, our food's coming. So, so, do you have something that you want to you want me to react to? Is I that- have a few some things. I haven't even shown you this stuff yet because I wanted it to be authentic reaction. Is it okay if Tabby reacts too? Nope, she has to sit there quietly. Tabby, you oh. can have no reaction. Oh, wait, that that might be way more <laughs> difficult than you intend for it to be. Okay. So, I didn't know I was even allowed to be on this podcast. That was the first thing I asked. Mandy said, I want some people on the podcast. And I said, are we allowed on your big fancy new podcast? I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't know that she want. was allowed either, quite honestly. I'm Hang surprised on. that she's here. Hey, hey, but apparently hey, apparently, the producer, the boss. Here, I'm on it because I'm not needed. <laughs> the queen. Well, you're definitely not going to be able to react to this now if you go in parent. Okay. So does this fall into a segment or no? Um, yeah, actually, this is going to be good grief if I can find my button. And the reason that she's picking good grief, Carl, if this is your first time, is because she really likes the circus music that she plays afterwards. So, Good grief. That, that's what she likes. And it's applicable. This actually does belong in good grief. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that it was inappropriate. I just said you liked it. Okay, so here's what I found on the Internet. The top says, The Reality of Loss. By the way, this is from uh, Megan Devine's book, It's Okay That You're Not Okay. Okay? This is an excerpt. I'm tempted to say okay, but somehow I don't... And the heading says, The Reality of Loss. Okay? And it says, Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I most want you to know. This really is as bad as you think. No matter what anyone else says, (laughs) this sucks. What has happened cannot be made right. What is lost cannot be restored. There's no beauty here inside this central fact. Acknowledgement is everything. You're in pain. It can't be made better. The reality of grief is far different from what others see from the outside. There's pain in this world that you can't be cheered out of. You don't need solutions. You don't need to move on from your grief. You need someone to see your grief to acknowledge it. You need someone to hold your hands while you stand there in blinking horror, staring at the hole that was your life. 
Some things cannot be fixed. They can only be carried. Hey, I know that. I think you've read that before. I might have sent it to you guys in a text message thread, but I purposely did not send it to Dad because right. I wanted that to get his... That's the first his, time I have heard it. I wanted to get his sincere... You want to get my sincere reaction? Uh-oh. It's a happy screen. But... So this is somebody who is in grief. Yeah. And they are... And she's leaving. Okay. So she's... She is... I'll listen. She just took... Okay, Tabby's going to listen. You might you might be taking over for the peaches. Don't tell her. This may be... If you didn't tell Carl, he permanent. probably wouldn't hey, even know no... that she wasn't sitting here anymore. Right. I know. I, I let him in on the secret. Okay. Uh, a couple of things. We have talked before uh, about grief on the podcast and how there is some... There are times when things happen to you and... The, and grief, sadness, sorrow, horror, I, I believe that was one of the words that was used. Um, those, are, those are natural and, uh, and appropriate feelings, depending on what's going on in your life. And so we've also talked about how you can't control how you feel. If you're horrified by something or if you're sad about something, then that's a legit feeling. Right. We've also said there's no nothing to laugh at in the middle of the actual grief itself. Mm -hmm. Like the thing that is... The thing that's causing you the pain right, is horrifying. not the thing that is to be uh, mocked. But I think the, the, lay, the line, it can't be made better. That was the line that I was going to respond to. Uh, I'm, I, don't, I don't agree. Uh, I don't agree with that. I think that everything is... I, there's two sides to every coin, as we've said before, and it's just a matter of what you're going to focus on. If you're going to, if you're going to live in your pain, then, then yeah, it's going to suck. I believe is what it said. I believe the quote was, "This sucks." It sucks. She might be setting herself up for some future guilt too, because eventually, the old cliche is "time heals all wounds," and eventually, she might find that she wakes up and it doesn't hurt as bad and now because she's decided that this is something that can't be made better and she should always feel the exact same amount of grief mm. as the day it happened then she's going to wake up and go oh no i actually i don't feel like crying my eyes out today that must be a bad thing that must mean that the pain i was feeling before is not legitimate i'm a terrible person i'm a terrible yeah, person i'm a terrible person and yeah. so I, I i think that that statement probably needs some context good and people are sad all the time good yeah. people are we have set up if a you love somebody now, enough where yeah the right and moral thing to do is to be in grief like almost constantly yeah because <laughs> life is terrible and 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 that is i would disagree with that i think that that we have a choice we we, we talked about this a few weeks ago with uh, the grandparents you know who can't remember did, did Tabby hear that story? Um, About Grandma got a kiss from that man. At oh, the no. I don't know if hospital. I told you that story or not. Mm -mm. Um, well, anyway. Anyway, Grandpa grandpa kissed Grandma goodbye at the hospital. And, but Grandma has Alzheimer's. But she has Alzheimer's, and so she couldn't Aww. remember that it was Grandpa. And so she was having, she confided to right. Teresa, her daughter, that Later that, that man day, kissed me. Later that day, she said, I don't know if I should tell you, but that there was a man who kissed me at the hospital. And she couldn't, she was trying to decide if she should tell Jerry or not, her husband, who was the one who kissed her. Who probably knows, right? Yes, he does. It was okay. him. <laughs> well, no, no, her. I knew that he was the one who kissed me. I'm saying, it's not like he's going to go, what? Right. She doesn't 
remember me? So, like, I yeah. thought he knew that. Well, but you, there. That's that's why it's, it was such an appropriate story to tell because you have a choice. You can either you can either focus on, oh, isn't it sad that she doesn't remember her own husband? Isn't that tragic? Let's stay in this grief. This is not something we can get past. This is not something that's ever going to be fixed. This is loss that we will have for the rest of our lives. So let's just wallow in it. Or you can acknowledge that, you know, it's kind of funny that she's having these it's this anxiety. Kind of, it's a little bit funny that she, oh. all, it, the reason it's funny is because she tells her daughter, I don't know if I should tell, tell you this. Husband. Right. Yeah. yeah, she's trying to keep it a secret. She <laughs> still think it's inappropriate. <laughs> what does one do when a strange man kisses you at the hospital? <laughs> they don't prepare you for this in school. They don't. I Yeah, that would be really weird. <laughs> and so, and and we've also talked before about how you can hold both of those things kind of at the same time. And the grief so, and the hilarity. Right. And so it is. It would be inappropriate to suggest that that what you should do is just pay no attention at all to it. You just just laugh at everything. Just make jokes about everything and and treat nothing like it's serious. That would be inappropriate. But it's equally inappropriate to go the other direction and say no matter what happens to you. Hold on to that grief. Hold on to that pain. It's never going to get any better. Don't heal at all. Never okay. heal. Okay. Yeah. Now, is that your opinion as a white man or as <laughs> a person who matters? Like, the only opinions I have say, are opinions as a white man. Can he have an opinion as a black man? I'm trying I, to lead into my other thing that I have for you to react to. Like, and I'm really excited about this one. Are you? Okay. Yeah. And this is actually a video clip, but I, we only need the audio. So I'm going to play it for you. This is Robin D'Angelo, the author of White Fragility. I've already made up my uh, mind. She's being, I've already been biased. She's being interviewed by somebody, and I don't know who he is. Some guy with an accent. Uh, well, geez. Gee. I don't remember. what. We all is. have an accent, don't we? No, not like this guy. He'll <laughs> hear. We don't all have an accent like him. But yes, we I do all we have an all accent. have the same accent. This is a particularly noxious accent. No, it isn't. It's. I think he's just British. But we'll, we'll play oh, this. Oh, that's cool. I wish I had a British accent. I don't know if Tabby will be able to hear it without headphones. Fake one. Would it be all right if I talked with a British now, accent when now I responded? Stop so I can play this clip. I just want to know what the rules are. That we may have laughed at a racist joke, told a racist joke, sat in the audience of a, at a comedy club and heard racist jokes. As a as a as a Jew, um, you know the jokes were fine if they were about mm-hmm. other people, but the minute someone made a joke about a Jew, it was offensive. And right. suddenly I was like, I didn't, and you know, and suddenly that comedian might not have been found funny anymore. How does, how does one cope with that, with that? And that's just one tiny use case. So comedy is, um, it's, I think it's an excuse to get to be racist, right? Like <laughs> irony. And I think TV shows like Family Guy and um, South Park and maybe a little bit The Simpsons, right? Allowed white people to be racist self-consciously, right? Like I know I'm being racist and therefore... It doesn't count, and it's okay. And it's a lot like what I exposed that couple to at dinner. I'm still reinforcing racist tropes and ideologies and stories. It's still being reinforced in everybody's um, mind who's listening. 
Um, and so I don't think it's benign to do it in a joking way. Um, and, and there is a concept in comedy called punching up, not down. <laughs> there we go. So, you know, you want to punch up, there's very different power dynamics, and, and it, it doesn't hurt in the same way. It doesn't invoke a deep, deep, centuries-long history of that? oppression she when, you, when you poke fun at, say, white people. But it's very, very different when you poke fun at, at people of color. Oh, there you go. So That's wrong. It. She's very wrong because isn't she a white woman? And yes. I guarantee, if yes. somebody said anything about a white woman, she would be like, "Hey!" Because she well, has no depends sense on of who said it. Because, well, because she sees woman. everything through the lens of, of race. And so, yes, if it was another white man who said something to criticize her, or if, particularly if it was another white man who got in an excellent punchline then that would infuriate her because there's power in comedy. And po comedy allows you to reveal the truth in a way that, uh, that everybody understands it. And uh, people, except for people like Robin DiAngelo, who have no sense of humor and they're probably so never being smiled. offended by everything. Yeah, they don't, they don't, comedy doesn't work with them. And so that's the reason she has no respect for it is because it doesn't work with her and she doesn't know how to do it. I think comedy does work with them. I think that's why they're so angry about it because I think that they cannot stop themselves. And if they are stopping themselves, it's it's constant vigilance and constant practice to frown all the time and right. to never smirk at something that's inherently funny because you're the one that has said many times, I don't get to decide what's funny. That's the truth. That's that's kind of God's job. I just point it out. Right. And that bothers them. It bothers them that they also kind of go, hmm, and they're like, mm -hmm. no, no. No. Well, don't who was that guy? Funny. I'd like to know who that guy was because uh, he's. I'll see if I can find some it. Some of the one of, one of the things that is just kind of a given in the world of stand-up comedy and and comedy in general is that the Jewish people dominate. I mean, the Jewish people have a well defined and robust sense of humor and of the absurd. Right. And That's some Mel people, Brooks, right? He's Jewish. Yeah, Mel, Mel Brooks, Brooks is Jewish. And some people, um, he's also, his films are super racist. Well, and, and I think super Jerry offensive. Seinfeld, Seinfeld is Jewish, is Jewish also. Yes. Yeah. Larry David is Jewish. Yeah. Uh, you, can, you can go down the list of people who have been influential in the comedy world and it is dominated by Jews. Right. And the re some people have speculated that the reason is because the Jews have been they've suffered a they've lot. They've suffered. They've yeah. been oppressed <laughs> like and for and all they of are, history. And they are uh, they are extremely critical and mocking of themselves. You know, some of the, the you go and listen to Jewish mother jokes right. and uh, and Jewish rabbi jokes and the Jews are merciless and they are brutal when they turn their sense of humor on themselves on their culture and on their uh religion right and so for for him to say yeah well these people say hurtful things about the jews i mean that, that, that without thinking about it it's like you're just wrong yeah. i mean the jews make fun of the jews oh. as much as anybody and adam sandler is also Jewish. Yeah, but was that guy actually saying that he thinks the the jokes are offensive, or was he just trying to give an example of, oh, people might think it's funny until it's about their race? Well, that's what he was saying, but he's he's wrong. People who understand how humor works and people who understand the value of humor, it, it doesn't matter who you're making fun of. If it's funny, it's funny. And that used to be a phrase that got thrown around in the comedy world. It would say, funny is funny. And it was specifically applied to uh, what was called blue humor, 
off-colored, dirty jokes, people would say, well, funny is funny. And so even if it's, if it's offensive, if it's dirty, if it's vulgar, um, if it's funny, then, then it's funny. But we don't have that sentiment anymore. Now, now we don't say funny is funny. Now we say nothing is funny. Now we say every, absolutely anything that someone would laugh at is going to offend somebody else. And if it offends somebody else, then you shouldn't do it. Right. And so, as we have said many times on this podcast, that humor and suffering and humor and pain are linked together. And you can't get, you can't get them separated. And so, if there's a joke, if there's a punchline somewhere, then contrary to Robin D'Angelo's Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> the toddlers are running through the dining room. Speaking of ankles. Yeah. Marcy covers her little <laughs> mouth and just giggles. Silas tried to come out of the bathroom with his pants at his ankles and fell three like times. Multiple times. In the space of ten feet. Yeah. There's some slapstick comedy happening. Yeah. Right There's now. some funny, funny stuff happening. <laughs> <laughs> really offensive. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about punching up and punching down. I was just going to get to that, but go ahead. Well, I want you to talk about punching up. Tabby hadn't even heard of that phrase until today. Earlier today, I mentioned it. No, because I grew up with a dad who said all things are fair game. We didn't really ever talk about power dynamics, and you can't. there's certain people you can't make fun of. That's not a rule in our household. We need to tell Carl that Tabby is your sister and my daughter. Why? I said that my sister Tabby was oh, on okay. the podcast. I wasn't paying attention to our <laughs> podcast when we started. I'm pretty, didn't I say that? I don't know. I uh, Maybe... I'm not sure well, you either. just said, I grew up with a dad who thought this. And it's like, does Carl know that Carl, your dad? My dad is also Mandy's dad, who's also on the podcast. Yeah, the other. Same dad. The male voice on the podcast. And everybody's like, was that Tabby or was that the Peaches? Who was that? <laughs> who said that just now? Signed. Right, so punching, signed punching up versus punching down. Why don't you tell Carl what well, what that means? Well, the, what they think it means is they're talking, they're, they're coming from the assumptions of their worldview where there are oppressors and there are the oppressed. Mm -hmm. There's two distinct classes of people. Some of them are in power. Some of them are marginalized. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's their worldview that states that. And so the concept of punching up or punching down comes from first classifying people accordingly. Right. The people who are, you're allowed to punch are the ones who are, quote, up upline from you so the people in power who have more power but the people that you should not punch are those who are quote down from you people right. who are underneath you beneath you and when i first started thinking about this just the the amazing audacity of even saying something like that in the first place was when the a slate article surfaced that was being critical of the babylon bee mm -hmm. So this is from the Slate article. <laughs> Which, by the way, is some of the finest comedy and satire that has ever been created. Well, this is, actually, this is actually from the Wikipedia article. But there's a Wikipedia article that says um, Bach wrote in a Slate article in 2021 that the site, the Babylon Bee, had a, quote, nasty tendency to punch down, end quote, with jokes that target women and transgender people. Right. So they tend to punch down at women and transgender people. Mm -hmm. And How do my, they know it's not women and transgender people writing these articles? It, that regardless, like, well, why wouldn't, would wouldn't you, that make a difference? Why would you actually say that you believe women and transgender people are beneath you? Why would you actually say that? How could you not say something about punching up or punching down without admitting that you are putting people in a hierarchy and that you think white men are better than women? Better, smarter, more resilient. 
Yeah, uh, better humor. Fun, funnier. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. Well, that's not offended. That is where we have. That's where we've landed. That's the reason I wrote that book. Uh, you may remember that I wrote a book, Peach. And uh, I've read it once or twice or six times. <laughs> uh, I haven't gotten through it yet. Well, the whole. Thank you for saying that. You're off the podcast. Mute her. <laughs> Ban her. The the whole reason that I wrote the book was to give people the ability to uh, stand and survive when they are punched down at when when you uh, when you have There's somebody a turn of phrase for you. when they're punched down, down towards, at when somebody punches down <laughs> towards you, what 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 happens is when you develop your sense of humor it becomes impossible for anybody to punch down at you like nobody can ever punch down to me and i know that they would say well that's because you're a white man no that's not why the reason that you can't punch down to me is because i am at the tippy top of the comedy pyramid now you could join me there or you can hang around underneath and let other people let other funny people hurt your feelings, um, but that's on you. The, the only people that you can, the only people that can hurt your feelings are people that you give permission to hurt your feelings. I'm and pretty sure that's a motivational poster in my 12th grade English class. Was it? <laughs> it wasn't quite like that, but it was like, only you have the power to let people bully you or something like it's that. It's true. It's true. And it sounds cliche and people think, oh, you're just making excuses so you can keep punching down to people. But no, if... If something is funny, if there is a truth to be spoken, and you speak that truth with humor, then it is the people who are not—it's the people who are not close to God who get offended. And the reason they get offended and they start to yell and cry and they write angry letters and they try to silence you and cancel you is because they don't have a sense of humor. If they had a sense of humor, they could fight back. But because they don't have a sense of humor, they don't have the tools to respond effectively. And so they whine and they cry and they and they cancel you. I remember the official quote was, no one can make you feel inferior without your permission. There I you think go. that's uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. Is it? I don't know. I, like I said, it was a poster. It had a blue background. Probably. And there was a, was and a, there was a little boy. Gonna, she was a privileged white person, so no that makes sense. No one can make you feel inferior without you gonna, your permission. Well, my, says. my point is... Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor Booyah. <laughs> Mandy's so privileged. It's like having Google right here behind the soundboard with us. A sassier, meaner Google. Google. Eleanor right. Roosevelt was kind of sassy. That's why I know. Uh, I, I'm aware of her and I know of what her, her quotes are. Her spiciness. <laughs> anyway, what I said when I shared that chunk of the Slate article on Gab was... You know, they say that punching down, that to tell a joke about a woman is to punch down. And I wonder right. why they have such a low view of women. Right. Why are women beneath men? Yep. Right. You, you can't really offend me, but that actually offends me a little bit to be told, no, sweetie, I won't, I won't make jokes at you. You just can't handle it. It's like, <laughs> hey, weak. Right. Yeah, I can't too. Right. But, but that's the, the appropriate response would be, well, nobody's ever punched down to me because right. I can't think of anybody that's above me. <laughs> you know, yes. who is it that, did, did this guy punch down at you? Oh, that's too bad. You need to, you need to work on your self-esteem if I he's just, punching down to you. I can't fathom the, again, the audacity of a white woman on a podcast somewhere saying, oh, it's different when you make jokes about people of color. Like, and you're right. the good guy. Amazing. When she literally sits in her place of, 
ostensible privilege, privilege where she says that she's better she's constructed and and says oh yeah you can tell these kinds of jokes but it's different when you tell jokes about black people let me speak on behalf of all of these black people <laughs> let me let me say something on behalf of all black people in the world as a white person yeah and, and you guys are somehow still the racists not me <laughs> up here no, no she's the still top. racist too the the thing about anti-racist work is that well, you have to admit racist. you're always racist right. she has all she has internalized racism and always will have to do the work right to and just because yeah. it, this is important just because robin d'angelo is a race is a racist doesn't mean that i am a racist because i'm also white that's where mm, well, that's where she apart. would disagree. That I is know. a big crux. I know, but she's wrong about comedy, so she's probably wrong about racism. I was just so glad I saw her talking about comedy, and I was like, "Hey, I know where we can talk. I know where I can share this clip and get a." She's different dead take. wrong. I mean, yeah. she she doesn't even have she she doesn't even have experience as as a comedian in any capacity. Oh, I'd so pay. Far. I'd pay to see Robin D'Angelo's stand-up routine. <laughs> I do laugh. Oh sometimes my gosh! When I hear her stuff, but it's unintentional. Right. It's right. Unintentional. It would be. It would be like cringy. It's the bitterly ironic sort of comedy. Well, yes. that would be the thing. You could. You could test it. You. You can test. You could test to find out how solid a person's ideology is if you ask them. Okay, make a joke about it. You know, come up with a come up with a joke about your your church, your 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 group, your family, your career yeah your career find something that that matters something that's important to you and tell me what's funny about it and if you can't tell me what's funny about the important things in your life then you don't know it well enough then you don't know it well enough or you're you have been uh insulated and protected from the reality of life which is everything that you hold dear every sacred cow in our lives has got a has got something about it that can be mocked something about it that we can make fun of. And if you're, if it undoes you to have somebody make fun of your, you know, who, you know who the worst is? I'm just going to go ahead and stereotype <laughs> a whole group of people. Um, some of the most, not, not all, some of the most sensitive people are uh, worship leaders in the church. Mm. Worship leaders, not all of them, Carl. <laughs> oh, stop typing, Carl. Not all of them. I didn't just say I was going to stereotype an entire group of people. Forget that. <laughs> yeah, I did say that. <laughs> so I'm going to stereotype a group of people. Worship leader. Okay, worship leaders. Uh, worship leaders. <laughs> oh, here's the thing, though. A worship leader who has a sense of humor probably already knows where me. you're going with this. Right, he's going to agree with me. <laughs> yeah. Or she. Or she. Um, and so, yeah, if, if bringing people into the presence of God on Sunday morning is not something that you can kind of recognize the goofiness of it at some level, then you've got a, you've, you've got a problem. Because so I've got a little bit of an in, we all have a, a sort of an inner audience with some worship leaders. My brother-in-law, Corey, is a worship leader at right. an area church. He's okay, Carl. He's not Tabby's brother-in-law officially because he's married to my husband's sister. But 
we all get together all the time. And so, yeah. you know, our kids. It's all family. family. It's Uncle Corey to Uncle all Corey the to kids, everybody. Except it's the family. ones who he is the father of. So, um, <laughs> right. they don't yes, call him they Uncle They don't call Corey. him Uncle. That'd be weird. <laughs> he's Uncle Corey to everybody except his own children. So, he's, he's a worship leader. And <laughs> apparently, there's a website, maybe more than one, but one in particular that he loves, where they will upload their own fails. Mm-hmm. Like, they will, they'll upload little mm-hmm. clips of stupid things they did. Like, things falling off stage or them forgetting words. I've seen or, some of those. I've seen. Yeah. And here's the thing that I was I was watching a fail video from Worship Ministry and I had two thoughts. The first thought was none of these seem like that big a deal. I right. mean like something falls off the wall or the drum the drum cage collapses or, or the music stand tips over or something like that. It's like, okay, well these things happen. And the other thing that occurred is that nobody acknowledged it. I mean it's like it's like this catastrophe that happens on stage and they just keep you know, people are running from the sides and right. they're gathering up and everything. And the worship band is trying to continue as right. if nothing is going I on. I think that's what makes it funny for them because, like, their first thought is the show must go on. Right. Like, I have to keep up as best I can. And then, like, so then they finish the worship session and they go immediately and upload that clip to right. this website where everybody can laugh together, where it's like this great big, whew, okay, now's the appropriate time to right. laugh about it. But yeah. that's but that's kind of what I mean. Is is there's the worship experience is this is this uh, synchronized sacred bit of uh, presentation that has to go off without a hitch, and there can't be any wrinkles, and there can't be any bobbles, and there right. can't be any mistakes. Well, it's like the funeral. We've talked about the funeral and you know things related to death, or like there's a lot of places in our culture where we've kind of internalized the mm-hmm. idea that there's it's not appropriate to laugh there, and uh, and yeah, like once you start peeling that apart and asking why have we come to believe that, then right. you feel a bit a little bit freer. But but yeah, right. generally, there's also something in comedy where you have to have that tension. And so if you get too if you get too devil may care about everything, you're going to lose opportunities for more laughter because you're you know once once there are no sacred places left, there's not as much opportunity for that tension that's important. That's true. So. The fact that we've got funerals, we've got worship services, we've got like uh, high school graduations. High school graduate weddings. Weddings, yep, yep. Right. Those are all excellent places to um, hurt yourself trying not to laugh about something. Right, where something is, something isn't appropriate, so it's funny. But And then the, uh, uh, I think what I was trying to get to is that when you do not have the ability to laugh or when other people are laughing if your instincts are telling you that is inappropriate that person is embarrassed that person could have been hurt and shame on you for laughing or as robin d'angelo said you are punching down Down. it is it is not appropriate to uh to make fun of or laugh at those people it's just it's wrong it is the opposite of what comedy was created for yeah yeah, see, I was I had something else to say, but now I forgot. Because so. we are funny, it, it, and it's not just. There are some people who who never turn uh, their comedy senses on themselves, and those people I can I can agree with. Uh, well, I guess I can agree with with Robin. There are some people who do punch down, but it's not people who it's not people like me and it's not the Jews. Um, but if you watch late night, you watch late night television, they, they tend to punch down 
at the people who are their political opponents. And they, but they will say that these are people in power because they're talking about white people and right. Republicans. Um, but the truth is that there's a lot of marginalized, impoverished, powerless right. but people. But like you said, you cannot be punched down at... Unless you, you decide to you be. You said something like that. So, so yep. You cannot be punched down upon at, with, <laughs> towards, something. Through. You was, can't be punched down through. Was, Whatever prepositional phrase is appropriate. It was quite an eloquent jumble of words. Uh-huh. And, uh, That's what I do. And now you, you seem to be contradicting. You seem to be agreeing that there are oppressed groups and there are oppressed groups if they decide to be that's that's what if you decide that you are a victim then you're a victim right what you're saying is that they're trying to hurt people's feelings on purpose correct they are trying to hurt white people right. they're trying to hurt christians you know they're right. trying to they're trying to hurt guys like me by punching they're, they're tra- punching they're, wildly trying to hurt you they're doing their best those those late night talk show guys with their monologues and yep. their bands are trying their hardest to upset me but they just don't but i think it's because- worth acknowledging or it's worth mentioning that the reason this punch up punch down thing matters is because now we have a competition where everybody wants to be oppressed because they think that's the way to keep from being mocked Correct. everybody wants to be sort of punched they want down. to be a victim well, because then they can say you can't touch me right and and it works the opposite here it works the opposite around our table right where if you are uh we like to be in the position where everybody is quote punching down at us because that's where that's where we find laughter you know that when you do a when somebody does something stupid in our family (laughs) like we cannot wait to get together and say, hey, and mock look at them. this boneheaded thing that I did, right? Um, mm-hmm. But that's a, it's an attitude. It's a paradox. It's yeah. the last shall be first and the first shall be last. The oppressed shall be oppressors. The oppressed shall be. <laughs> no, more like the, the weak shall be strong right. is something that's in scripture. Right, and that's the reason that the late night talk show people, um, they, they cannot hurt my feelings because most of the things that they say are not true. And comedy is not funny unless it's true. And the things that they do say that are true, they're just, they're not turning them into jokes. They're not, they're not recognizing the humor and the irony in them. They're just saying really mean things. Well, you, some t- you can still do it better than they can. If you want to actually hurt my feelings, you have to make fun of me better than I can make fun of myself. Right. And that is hard to do because I know me yeah. way better than you know me. <laughs> right. Did we talk about Tabby and, uh, Tabby the Cat. Troll. Yeah, did we talk about that? I don't know. Because we could do that now, it would be appropriate. Tabby, somebody tried to punch down at Tabby. We had a troll on. It Dad's was Mandy's page. fault. It was my fault. The, mm-hmm. the troll was mad at me, and then he just kept trying to figure out what was going to be like my hot button. He's like, "Your kids, your husband, you know, here's some really vulgar, right, your awful Christianity. things." Yeah. And then like, I forget. He went to B list. I said something yeah. to Dad in that thread, something about, "Oh, Tabby said this to me the other day, my sister Tabby." And, and he goes, he "Wait a minute!" On it. Wait a minute! You there have a sister is. named Tabby, like the cat. Oh well. And I was like, "Hang on, I'll get her." And so <laughs> I tagged no Tabby. Way. I was like, so, "She needs to hear this." So Tabby comes into the conversation. What did you say to him? Oh, uh, we, we, he and the the troll and I went back and forth a couple times, but basically, basically, not only was <laughs> I I was kidding to be offended. I was like, hey, I didn't even... What is this? Like, <laughs> I was confused at first. Yeah, but you actually asked me, 
Okay, is he seriously mad, or is yeah. he like a friend of ours who's trying no. to be funny? No, yeah. he's trying because to hurt her feelings. Because it was such a so bad childish. insult. Yeah. I, I think I even said that. It was a big, long thing that was like, hey, just wanted you to know, um, <laughs> like, that's not really that great of an insult if you'd like to upgrade from <laughs> from fifth grade playground said, insults. Carl, he said, oh, Tabby, like the cat? Do you need a litter, litter box? box? Yeah, that was literally. Do you need what he a litter said. box? That's why I had Tabby. to ask. And Tabby was like, "Is this satire? Is like- <laughs> he seriously trying to make a joke or yeah. what? Or am I supposed to think, oh, this is lame?'" And Mandy's like, "Oh no, he's serious." He's and I was like, "All right, well, here we to go." Make you cry. <laughs> like my my brother's gonna do better than this. So tell her what you said. Tabby listed some other better yeah, I insults said, for him. I said, him. "Listen, I was like, I was called, I was called <laughs> Olga the Crusher in college. I was like, that one kind of stings." I said, "Here, if you want some better material, I don't like the way my nose looks. I was like, my feet are kind of big. My voice is really deep. I was called Olga the, <laughs> Olga the Crusher. I was like, I can go on. You You're want me called, to keep going? You were called Crapitha Bunyan. Yes." Yes, I, I think I signed it. Crap at the bunion. I said, so let me know if you want some better material and you want to upgrade from fifth grade playground insult. Signed, crap at the bunion. All right, and the the thing that occurred, Carl, for, uh, after that was he never did seem to understand that we were actually laughing at him. Right. He, he never caught on to that. He was so outraged and so far removed from the essence of humor that he couldn't even understand that well, we were was, genuinely laughing I at was him. actually kind of serious. Those really are things in my life that I've been self-conscious I about. I was like, I'm actually giving you some things that you might be able to make me go, ouch. <laughs> and he couldn't get it. Well, no. like, and that yeah. it bears mentioning too that there have been, there is one troll that I can remember in the history of the time that you've been blogging, Dad. Where a guy actually, this troll actually did have a sense of humor to a to a degree, and I told him that I was like, actually, that's kind of funny, and yeah. I appreciated that. And there was some self deprecation, and there was, you know, sort of a willingness to right. see. But it, it wasn't consistent with the, no. the trolls. Like every once in a while, they would say something that was funny and genuinely well and thoughtful yeah. and we would always give props for that right. it's like okay that's not bad and there's that's there a- have been times where like there there are people with a radically different worldview who i know would not appreciate most of what i have to say on a you know given day but they'll say a thing that actually is funny right. and it's like okay all right all well right, done there you go like that's a good that well was a done. good one or my favorite when they will acknowledge that something you said was funny you know when it's just like all right, touche. You yeah. know, we're going to go out here and trade punches a little bit. But it bit. didn't happen very often. Not it, it, very often It would happen once in a while. There would yeah. be a glimmering thing. Like, I, I would notice that over on the, over on my page, uh, when the atheists were still there, they have run away years ago and they don't come back anymore. But but they used to call me Brain Yawn instead of Brandon. <laughs> right. B-R-A-I-N-Y-A-W-N. And I would acknowledge them over there. It's like, okay, that's not a bad... That's a good one. That's not a bad name. That's a good one. But I bring it up because, you know, there is a unifying effect that humor can have. And just because... Um, just because you may not find a person funny all the time does not mean that they can't genuinely have a good you know, punchline now and then. And if you're honest and if you're willing to, if you're willing to laugh, then there will be reasons to laugh everywhere. So. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up. The, the thing to keep in mind, Carl, as you go through life, keep listening to the podcast here, keep gathering around the table (laughs) and we will tell you that 
Uh, we will elevate you from a position where you are punched down toward at, at with where you are punched punch at with, with down toward at around <laughs> you are being punched when you're being toward. Punch, punched toward down that's actually closer i think punched toward punched toward i don't think so it's better than what he's been doing i don't think so i don't think so but we will we will lift you up uh with us so that people will not be able to punch you well, first we'll punch you, but that's actually first we will punch that's you. how we yeah. lift you up. <laughs> first, you you have to be punched down in order to rise above, like a phoenix it's out of the ashes. A phoenix Carl. out of the ashes. Well, the thing is, once you get punched, the first time you get punched, it's like, ow, that really hurts. But the next time you get punched, it's like, oh, that wasn't as bad as the first one. Yeah. And pretty soon you build up to the point where it's like, okay. And then you can acknowledge, ooh, that was a good shot. Let right. me give you one back. It's always nice to know what the what one of the parts of our title is going to be before I've even finished recording. Like it's <laughs> nice when it's so obvious from our conversation that punched down toward is going to be, <laughs> is going to be part of the title of this punch down toward punch down prepositions. How to, how to avoid being punched down toward. Anyway, oh. I think it's time to wrap this up. What are the odds that Carl can hear any of the things that we said today over the din of our children screaming in the I background? I didn't think it was that bad. I haven't heard anything. I just bring nothing but chaos it's, when I come. It's Tabby's fault. It's always a farcus in the room, and that's when things are loud. Hey, come to the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference in September and uh, meet us, Carl. We want to meet you there and have shake hands and punch, punch, you. punch down towards you. <laughs> punch you. <laughs> Uh, that's all I got. That's it? Yeah, I thought you were going to bring the music up after that. That was a funny line, and you didn't even... Well, now you have to say another one. Hurry, say something funny. Uh, also, <laughs> come to uh, Vacay with the Comics. We've got showcase tickets available on the website. So if you can't come for the whole weekend, then you can come on Saturday, the 22nd of August. It's right around the corner and see us there with Ken Davis and Bob Smiley and a bunch of other comedians. It's going to be super fun. Okay, uh, well, that wasn't funny, com. but I'll bring the music up anyway. <laughs> okay, bye, Carl. <laughs> Let's just pretend. Thanks so much for visiting today, Carl. Join the Comedians family at the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference this September. More details at flfnetwork.com. We can't wait to meet all our new neighbors. 